Christina Vesa, welcome to the Underground Society podcast. This is the best day of my life. I went to college for like breaking news reporting. So I run Doves FBI the way that I ran that newsroom. How have the roles kind of formed for you guys within that project? I'm the editor in chief. Yessi's really like our lead on socials. And then Joe is our security guard. Joe's a monster. I look up to him so much. What do you think has been like the biggest like growth catalyst for you guys? God, I hate Instagram. The algorithm. <laughs> and no one really asks this question because people are like, oh, it's the two girls who banged on the side of the cliff. You know, by mm -hmm. the, the dino's butthole. Anyways, yes, you might be a little bit uncomfortable, but literally 99.9999% of the time, they're not even thinking about you. You guys have set a great example. Oh my gosh, thank you. Thank God I'm not selling mortgages for a living. I also want to talk about millennium, millennium, millennial, millennial, can't say it, millennial momentum. Uh, that's crazy. I just felt yep. something really magical about that moment. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be right now. Holy shit, all right. You guys are doing a whole lot of things right That's why they pay me the big bucks. Christina Vesa, welcome to the Underground Society podcast. How are you? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm yeah. glad to be back on the pod. Yeah, welcome back. We were just talking about this, but like two years mm -hmm. since you were first on, I think. Yeah, and it yeah. was awesome <laughs> when you had us on because we got to talk about everything that motivated us. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of you guys have, we've both grown exponentially and you've started other businesses outside of Dubstep FBI, but um, I think I, I just want to kind of do a catch up first of like what, you guys have accomplished with Dubs mm -hmm. FBI because you guys have grown tremendous amounts um, since we've last talked. We were just like a couple thousand followers, and now I would say you're one of the leading publications in in Dubstep at least. So, oh my gosh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Well, since since the first days of you know kind of starting your podcast and stuff like that, and you know starting the publication, what what has been like some of the major growth that you guys have had? What have you guys accomplished since then? Yeah. Um, well, it really seemed like back in August, the 10K mark on Instagram. I mean, that's mm. something that like people work their that's whole huge. careers yeah. to get a 10K on Insta. So that once that came, I feel like this, the months after that, like we really hit a groove. So um, for me, it's like the national positioning and the international mm. positioning really like like you said, I mean, we're the name recognition is there, but after that 10K mark, I feel like we finally had out-of-state promoters hitting us up to help promote yeah. their shows and like help them sell tickets. And um, we've had guest mixes from artists, I want to say in like six or seven different countries so far. Damn, nice. Yeah. That's super cool. That's so, one thing that I, I've dabbled in. You know, I've had some other people on that aren't from the States, but uh, that's a, it's a big move to like for you guys promoting shows that are in other countries. That's huge. <laughs> yeah, no. And like, yeah. that's really where it shows that there's a value add to be made when we have mm -hmm. like code lockdown down in Florida, like hitting us up like, hey, we're throwing the biggest New Year's Eve event we've ever done. Like we want Dubs of FBI to be on this. Like, what's it going to take sick. kind of thing? Yeah. And then I don't know if you just saw we announced the Grocery Boys bash. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, sweet, sweet. Who's all, all part of that? Sweet Tooth? Who else? Yeah. So the Grocery Boys is like a collective of trench culture, video gamers, content creators. And mm -hmm. it's yeah. Sweet Tooth was like kind of one of the founders. Um, and then it's like Black Jesus, Jay oh, Moss, yeah. all mm -hmm. those guys. Yeah. I know it's not just you running Dubs FFBI. It's also shout out Yessie, shout out Joe. Yeah. Uh, you kind of the three of you kind of had not only that, but other projects as well. We'll talk about that later. But totally. um, how, how have the roles kind of formed for you guys within that project? Because I know if like for me, like it's pretty much just me and like I have an editor, but like for you guys, you guys also, you know, you're not just a podcast either. So you guys have other other things that you guys work on. Uh, like you're just saying, you know, the promotion for other shows and stuff. What do you guys each individually do? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. So um, for those who don't know, I have a journalism background. Okay. So, you know, I went to college for like breaking news reporting. I ran the student paper at Colorado State University. So I run Doves of FBI the way that I ran that newsroom. Like mm-hmm. really, I just think of it as like, I'm the editor in chief. So I'm, I'm out here doing a lot of our uh, content direction on the site. And then Yessie's really like our lead on socials. Um, and she's also okay. our lead on editing the podcast and doing like video type stuff, things like that. And then Joe is really our advisor. So okay. he's like, he always jokes like, I'm the one behind the scenes. Like, I don't want yeah. my face on anything. Like, it's you girls. Like, it's women owned. He's just kind of like the voice of reason for us. So that not only like, because sometimes people do try to take advantage of us, but he just kind of is there to like guide us through like the financial stuff. Like, he helps keep our books in order. And he's like, you girls should be setting aside like one fifth of it for tax and like yeah. helped us with the business accounts and things like that. So it's really like, I'm the editorial direction. Yes, he is the video editing and socials. Creation almost, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then Joe also, like, we joke that he's our security guard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joe's a monster. So, yeah, he is <laughs> he's a, a monster. Mountain of a man. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, he's, you know, I call him Brave Dad for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and even like, I, I think I was at what the wasteland stage where I ran into you guys at EDC. Oh my God, you did? Oh, I remember yeah. that. Uh, yeah. I, it's hard to see you small little girls in the crowd mm-hmm. but if you're standing next to joe i'm like oh there he is yeah you're like hey i recognize that dark head and really yeah. nice shoulder blades <laughs> yeah that's his that's his natural habitat so i'm glad you ran into us there yeah for sure um what i guess my next question is what what is has been your favorite part of running deficit fbi what has been like you're like I love this about it. And this is what, even on the days that are, you know, rough or whatever, we're having some, you know, we're going through some struggles, but whatever, this part of it, what part is that for you that, that you love the most? Honestly, like it really comes down to helping artists, upcoming artists reach their supporters. And Mm -hmm. it's actually two-sided. So you look at it from the artist perspective, like a lot of the artists that we're writing about, they have never had press coverage before. This is like their, like I said, their first news clipping. They've never had a brand backing their music. And like, there's really just not a lot of saturation in the dubstep publication market anyways. So it's easy for us to do that. But also on the flip side of that coin, I experienced that last month when, um, you know, our lead editor, Dustin, he came to me and he said, Hey, I met this girl, Kelly on the internet who she really wants to write for us. You know, here's, she submitted this paper on why she wants to write for us. Mm -hmm. I read through it. And At the bottom of that, she was just saying how, like, yes, she's an engineer, but she's always loved EDM and writing. And so, like, it would be helping her fulfill fulfill her passions. And so Mm. for me, it's like I've grown this brand into something that literally changes people's lives. Like, I have so much power in that aspect where it's like the more that I give, the more that I receive. Like, the more upcoming artists I put on, like, I'm thinking of, like, Alien Park and Toxic and Mm -hmm. all of those super talented producers. Like, I just love giving people a platform and... You know, it's it's Alien free for Park, me to do. Like, you mentioned yeah. Alien Park, Kaylee. He, I, I, he, she, they. He, yeah. Is, he, yeah. Yeah. Killer music. I love their music. Oh my yeah. god, dude. He is literally up next. Like, it's it's kind of a shame that he's stuck in Venezuela because like he would be touring America. Is that where he's from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's in Venezuela right now. Okay. Yeah. It, it, his sound design, even his last EP, was crazy. The oh my god, Space Time. Yeah. Literally one of my favorite <laughs> yeah. songs ever. I freak out every time I hear that. Yeah. What would you say your favorite memory so far over the last couple of years with, with the publication would be? Oh my gosh. I mean, I would just say like some of the meetups that we've had at Lost Lands, that first one that you were at by mm-hmm. the, 
the dino's butthole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That to me is a standout moment in my heart because we had like 35, 40 people show up. <laughs> yeah. And like half of them, I was like, oh my God, my internet friends, like I haven't met you before. We're finally meeting. And it really just warms my heart that this brand that I literally never thought would become anything more than a SoundCloud yeah. page for mixes has grown into something that like people rock our merch. Like we have this community of people who I can lean on when I'm having a bad day or when I want to share music and stuff. Like that highlight moment for me came together at Lost Lands in 2021 during our meetup. Yeah, it was awesome meeting you guys then too. Yeah. Um, What what do you think has been, you know, you're talking about growing this brand into something that you never thought imaginable. What, What do you think has been like the biggest like growth catalyst for you guys? You guys, Honestly, in, in my opinion, like you guys are freaking fast. Like all of a sudden you guys are at 10 K. I was like, holy shit. All right. <laughs> I'm making yeah. a statement. No, for real. And you know what it is like, uh, no one really asks this question, but I, in my heart feel like it's because me and Yessie are the faces of the brand. Mm. Right. So it's a lot easier to grow a brand where you are the face of it. And like, you yeah. can mix like your personality and like, I can just create content by taking selfies, you know? Yep. So in like those dumb TikToks that we post and things like that, like those are a huge reason why we're so successful is because people are like, oh, it's the two girls who headbanged on the side of the cliff, you know, it's and just there's like, no one else that you, you're just that alone. There's no one really else that does that. So exactly. <laughs> as far as like two girls. Yeah, <laughs> it's the two girl. OK, yeah. So yeah. it's the two girls thing, bottom line. And then it's also just how much we put our faces out there mm-hmm. and like we've become thought leaders almost in dubstep. That's, that's been a huge learning curve for me too. I was almost embarrassed to post about I what I was doing in too. the EDM space on my personal stuff. And now mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, it, like even if you don't like it, like it, this is what I, this is what my life is. So I'm going to share that. <laughs> yeah, no. And that's yeah. really interesting how you mentioned that you felt kind of embarrassed about it. Cause I did too. And mm-hmm. I think what it is, is it's called imposter syndrome, right? Yeah, Where you're, yeah. you know, the human brain convinces you like, oh, I'm not smart enough to apply to this university because their admission standards are so high and only nerds go there and blah, blah, blah. So your brain like convinces yourself that you're not good enough when in actuality, you're going to go to that university and get straight A's. Mm -hmm. Like it's the same kind of thing. It's like, you are in this podcast seat right now talking about EDM because that's what you're good at. And that's what people (laughs) come to seek out from you. And so that was a hurdle for me is like getting over that initial step of like, oh, I'm kind of embarrassed or like, I, the biggest thing for me is that we would have these mixes come out at the beginning and like they wouldn't get many plays and mm-hmm. it would really bother me and I would feel really bad. But you know what? Like that's just comes with the territory. Yeah. Everyone starts. Some, I mean, even even something like Excision at one point in time released songs that only got one or two plays. So, <laughs> yeah. OK, let's remind everyone of that. <laughs> it's a hard thing to hard thing to wrap your head around. Cause you see them, you know, you see all these people at the top and they've already had their moment and they're just riding that wave versus the mm-hmm. people that are like out here grinding like and not, get, you know, haven't hit that point in their career yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And to your point, I saw this thing. I follow a lot of motivational posts on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I think one of it were, was like you know, you could be working for 23 hours in a day and feel like you're going to give up. But if you keep going on the 24th hour, you're going to strike gold. Yep. That's literally it. A lot of times it is right before you quit. It is right around the corner. Yeah. (laughs) No, exactly. It's like you never know when your gold strike is going to hit. And so that that to me is so motivating because like we talked about earlier, like I I overcommitted a little bit with like Mm -hmm. the extracurriculars and my day job and everything this semester. So it's just about, you know, taking it hour by hour, really, and recognizing yeah. when you need a break from the computer. Yeah. Talking about your plate filling up, I also want to talk about millennium, millennial momentum, pronounce yes. that correctly. Um, <laughs> when M-M. did that 
kind of idea come to be? I know obviously you started with Dubs FFEI, but what was kind of like the conceivement of the, the management side of things? Yeah, absolutely. So um, about a year after we started Dubs FFEI, it was like Joe was in town. He had lived he had lived here in Denver, which is a key part of the story because Yessie and I would go over to his house every Friday afternoon and we would have work sessions, as we call them, where it was really just <laughs> us having fun Hanging listening out, yeah. to hard style, like sending emails. But anyways, um, so about a year after Dubsub FBI started, you know, all of us were getting hit up by random people. And there, a lot of people hit us up and they're like, hey, I need advice. Like, I'm an artist. Can you help me with this? Or, hey, like, can you design this thing for me? Or like, I need a new logo. What do I do? It's like X, Y, and Z under the branding, marketing, sales umbrella. We kept getting questions about. Mm-hmm. And so we were all just like, we should start a consulting firm. And like, I mean, we were, it's one of those where like you start one business and then you kind of have, you kind of start another, like you get addicted to it. Yeah. It's almost like a side hustle, side hustle on top of the side hustle that kind of, that's kind of the same thing that happened to me. I I really fell in love with like the graphic, graphic design stuff. And now I've helped like some of my other friends or other artists like do logo creation or like whatever it may be. It's like just having a side hustle on top of the side hustle. Parts of it are kind of rewarding. Sometimes I'm like, why the hell did I agree to this? Yeah. then, yeah, so it started out as a consulting firm and it wasn't even going to be music industry focused. Like one of our biggest clients was a dispensary and we did a mm. whole rebrand for them and stuff. Like we're just kind of using our day job skills mm. in our consulting firm. I was, I was curious about that because I was for a long time. I didn't know what you got. You guys even had day jobs outside of it. And I was like, I was like, where did they get all this information? Because like I, you obviously have proven yourself in knowing what you're doing. I was like, obviously they have, they've done most of this in other mm-hmm. fashions, you know, before this and they're just taking their knowledge and applying it. but. Um, yeah, I think that's super cool that you have day jobs that actually help you. It kind of like helps feed each other because you're learning mm-hmm. on both sides of the spectrum. Yeah, dude. I mean, in this economy, like, let's be real. I'm paying 1900 for rent. Like, I really can't live off of music. Mm-hmm. We don't make any fucking money off yeah. of music. <laughs> yeah. like, let's, I do not make enough money off of music to live the lifestyle that I do. Let's yes. be real. So yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. um, do you so- have a day job? Uh, I have like side hustles, but okay. I mainly do the pipe podcast is like my main focus. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. you're starting to monetize a little bit. Yep. Starting to monetize. Yeah. I started, uh, I'm actually getting into management stuff for myself. Oh, yeah. That's what I want to do, That's obviously right. long, long term career wise. So fell into some financial stuff and my, my car mm-hmm. went out of commission and that kind of was a burden do. this past year. Yeah. But once I get back on track, I will be going to Icon finally. Uh, oh my gosh, congratulations. Yeah, so I'm going to their music business program, but I'm very much focused. I don't have it like a, another direction. I'm trying to make a career, full-time career out of music. So I know it's going to take longer, but it's the grind. <laughs> it's <possible>. so. <laughs> yeah. And last I saw you, your artist was actually playing at Temple Denver. Yeah, yeah. Also, <laughs> my roommate also edited this podcast. <laughs> Dude, he's awesome. Shout out to yeah, him. Yeah, love Johnny. Um Back to the millennial momentum stuff. Um, you started as a consulting company. Did that? How did that transition? It, it's now like you manage artists through that now, right? Mm-hmm. Well, how did that kind of transition into picking up your first artist and getting into that space? Yeah, yeah. Good question. Um, so like I said, you know, we were brought up first. It was fine. We were getting random web jobs, whatever. Mm-hmm. Then Yessie Joe and I were like, you know what? Like, we are so valuable in the music space right now. We should probably just get that niche right then and there. So it's like music consulting. So I think it was about, I want to say like six months after we originally founded Millennial Momentum, because we were like, number one, we need a new logo. Like we need mm-hmm. a rebrand, which is a rite of passage for a lot of brands that yeah. <laughs> start small. Um, and during that time, we were like, okay, let's set some serious core values here. 
and let's look at our value proposition and our mission and how we can bring the most to the type of clients that we enjoy serving. So really it just came down to like, we love the music industry. We love working on music projects. So let's just hit that niche right there mm -hmm. and no more like dispensary projects. Like right, we'll right. take random projects if, if it's makes sense. But it was really like, we kept getting battered with questions about the music industry. And we were just like, it's time to focus in on this. Yeah. The logo, the new logo that we have with like the crown and stuff like that. We originally told that designer like, hey, we're a music industry firm. Like some of the original drafts had like speakers and stuff like that in it. So, oh, cool. It, yeah, cool. it was about six months in. Well, in your opinion, what, what do you guys try and do differently? What is your value proposition that you try and set yourself apart? I would say that it's just the whole like three for one kind of yeah. deal. So, yeah. um, you know, we manage right now, I think it's five artists. Four, or three hard dance artists and then two dubstep artists. So we have five really awesome clients. Yeah. And, um, you know, when we first brought one of them on, they, a lot of them actually say this. They're like, so I technically have three managers now. And we're like, yeah. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> I think it's really just the style. So like we put every, we put all of our clients into a group chat. So we'll have like one group chat per artist mm. with Yessie, Joe and I. And then we bring those different expertise. So like Joe has experience with mergers and acquisitions and he has a MBA and a petroleum engineering degree. He's so fucking smart. I look up to him so much. Yeah. So he's the like finance engineering mm -hmm. side of it. And then I'm the branding and journalism and writing and reporting side of it. And then Yessie is like the sales side of it because she cool. does software sales for her day job. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So it's really um, just like the three for one kind of deal. I, I thought... I think there's a crossover here, but I want to ask because I'm not 100% sure. But I know Dubstep FBI, Dubstep FBI started as Dubstep, and you've now branched out into just Filthy Beat Inspectors, and you've covered other, you know, drum and bass, you've covered, started covering hardstyle, stuff like that. Did you guys start branching off and away from the just the Dubstep scene and into like the, the other genres because of the consulting and because of the management side? Was what was kind of the game plan there? Why did you guys? I, I thought thought it was super awesome that you guys started branching away and doing other genres. But what was kind of the reasoning for that? Um, really, it was super natural because okay. Joe he loves hard style in D and D. Yeah. <laughs> so ever since I've known him, he's been like the hard style guy, and so mm -hmm. that really just started a rub off on Yessi and I. And I started into EDM with OG trance, like vocal trance, Armin van Buren type yep. stuff. So we really thought like, okay, looking at our five year and ten year goal, like for dubstep FBI I wanted to drop the dubstep part and mm. see how we could expand outside of other genres right. and I mean it was natural it's like you have filthy beat inspectors that could be house FBI that could be hardstyle FBI and mm. really it was like one day I think it was in 2021 yes he was like we should probably just grab the Instagram handle yeah and like you know we all were kind of like well none of us really have time to manage that account but let's grab it anyways and oh, yeah, yeah. That's where we put, because we do content too, where it's like, I'll be like this morning, I posted a TikTok of me driving to work, blasting like up tempo. And <laughs> um, it's like, where does that hard dance content, that house content have mm -hmm. a home? It doesn't really fit our audience on Dubstep FBI. Cause like, let's be real, the Dubstep FBI audience, like they're looking for IDs. They're looking for yeah. real snapping shit. Like they're not looking for like hard no. style, really. Most of the Dubstep producers, <laughs> at least that I know, not all of them, but. So my immediate people that I hang out with that are dubstep producers, that most of them don't even like listening to hardstyle. So, literally, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so it was like, well, we we want the same brand to grow, but we don't want to alienate that one niche segment that we've niched ourselves right. into so well. Right. Yeah. I think it was it was a smart idea, obviously, to 
completely niche down to even like a specific genre. I think that's where a lot of my struggles have come up is trying to find the balance of including everyone. Um, but I think that as far as like growth, that was a really good strategy. If it was a strategy to start with just that dubstep and then later on branch out slowly. Like yeah. if I, if I could have d- gone back and done it over again, I probably would focus on a single genre first and then branch out. So that k- kudos to you guys. <laughs> That's why they pay me the big bucks. Right. No, I'm just kidding. I don't make any money off of dubstep. <laughs> I'm in the negative. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, same. Um, do you do you so then I have a question for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you focus your podcast on mostly artists? Because I, I think you've gotten no. industry people, right? Yeah, no, definitely not. I've had influencers. I, I have my focus is people who want to be in the industry. So whatever facet okay. of that industry is, that's why I have a plethora of different artists on or different guests on, not just artists, influencers, managers, even I had a life coach on who was my oh, life coach yeah. back in the day, used to work at Icon, has music experience, but in anyone who's involved in any form of business, music business, um, cool. I, I like to have on just because I think it would be a disservice or even photographers too. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it would be a disservice for the audience too. If they're coming to my platform to find out, you know, information of, you know, how can they be, become better at whatever their, their goals are, um, it would be a disservice to them to only have like if it was, if I only covered like artists then it would be like if they're a photographer then that, the show wouldn't really help them so I want to mm-hmm. it, it would just be a way to help more people basically yeah and it goes yep. down to like your mission as a brand yeah. too yep. like you're in EDM but you're specifically focused at that one audience who wants yep. to be in the industry and so yep. yeah it's like your north star it's your guiding mm-hmm. light and that's Thanks. why it's so important to set core values and a mission for your brand and I didn't have that for the first like year of my project so <laughs> I didn't so I had crazy. no idea yeah so it kind of just slowly formed into that over time. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too, is like, that's why we rebranded with Dubs FBI. Because mm-hmm. at first, it was just like, oh, I want to make a SoundCloud page where like my homies who have a tractor and they're chopping Vision yeah. you know, <laughs> and Millennium can put their mixes. But yeah. And then we didn't realize like, okay, this is actually a business. Like yeah. you have to think of it as a business with yeah. guiding points and stuff. Yeah, And I always had that aspect of it, I think, was like, I always knew I wanted to turn it into a business because I have always had, my parents are entrepreneurs and it's just kind of the way yes. I was brought up. And, but yeah, I didn't have, I didn't even know really what my mission was when I started. It was just like, I just want to interview people in the EDM industry. And then it was slowly like, <laughs> got better at interviewing and then it slowly grew from there. But um, Absolutely. yeah, back to what we were talking about with millennial, millennial, I can't say it. MM. MM. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, who are, who are some of your artists that you guys would take care of? Who, who is on your yeah. team? All right. So we have three super freaking talented hard dance artists. Um, number one, who actually was our first client, Hartshorn. So oh, yeah. he, yeah, he does um, UK hardcore, happy hardcore. Mm-hmm. So it's like a really I love fun... his happy hardcore. I listen to that. I actually follow him on Spotify. He's great music. He's so great. He's yeah. pumping out music. Yeah. It's fun to work with him. Um, so we have him. And then we picked up um, Ty Guys back mm-hmm. in August. Mm-hmm. So that's the Ross style duo out of LA. And we have Death Code, who's formerly Skellism. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. He's doing more raw style lane type stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he did hard dance early on in his career and then he shifted to dubstep with Skellism and then that project fell off. And so he's doing mostly raw style right now and up tempo. And Thanks. then two dubstep artists. One of them is Thrasha. So she's an upcoming yep. female yep. dubstep producer out of Denver and she's fucking killing it right now. And then we have anti She's super tall. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She is a giant. <laughs> she makes me look so small. She's got to be like comparative to Joe. How tall is she? <laughs> I want to say that she I actually haven't seen Close-ish. them in the same room. Um, oh, okay. 
She's probably an inch or two, inch or two yeah. smaller. Yeah. That's in Joe's like over six foot. So that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. And it's super cool. I mean, you know, she's an LGBTQ producer. Mm-hmm. So we're just kind of trying to like really help her get her name out there. That's why we're using our platforms a lot to help yeah. elevate her. I so. think that's awesome too. And I, I, another, you know, I, I kind of saw you guys doing this and I wanted to apply it for, for myself because I was like, how do I cross over the, mm-hmm. the, you know, content creation? And then also the the career of being a manager, like how do I, how am I going to make that crossover? And by watching you guys, you guys have set a great example of like how to go about doing that. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> I mean, thank you for watching. That means yeah. a lot. Means yeah. we're doing something right. You guys are doing a whole lot of things right. Us just headbanging in the back alley on TikTok. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, that, that's crazy. You gotta yeah. have the like, I don't know, some, something I've learned too. You gotta have like the the micro content of just like that could reach the masses. Almost like casting a net to reach Mm -hmm. the masses to later bring the people who are really supposed to be a part of, you know, your core community. You got to funnel them in. So, yeah, you guys have done a good job with that on your with your reels and stuff, even though they are corny here and there. They're corny. (laughs) It's like video meme. We, you know, and that was the struggle, too. When we first started, I was like, yeah, the memes do the best out of anything we post, Mm -hmm. but we're not a meme page. Well, you see even like EDM trainer, you see some of the big boys, EDM maniac, like they post memes, they post. Too. random reels uh, and it does well it helps their it helps them grow so. it's like user curated content or mm-hmm. whatever they're calling it now yep yep yeah um so with everything that you have you know you're juggling and all that stuff i, I guess i just want to ask like what has been the biggest challenge trying to balance all of these different business ventures you're in charge of not only what we just talked about but you mm-hmm. are a part of running welcome records you're a part of yeah. having a day job you're a part of you know um running uh, black black canvas which we're going to be talking about today as well yes. um it's just it's a lot to balance <laughs> like how do you how do you do it dude i would just say i have to be very aware of my mental health and i have mm-hmm. to prioritize that number one and like leaning on my friends too and speaking up when i'm overwhelmed because I am one of those like visual or um, verbal love languages. So Mm. things really resonate with me. Yeah. Words of affirmation. That's exactly it. So I have to speak about things in order to feel better about them. And I would say the biggest challenge is saying yes to too many things and not being picky with what projects I accept. Because, you know, I know that I can complete every project that comes to me at 110%. But I also need to recognize that I don't want to work you know, 18 hours a day and mm-hmm. it's not worth a hundred dollars for a project that's going to take me five hours, you know, stuff yeah, like that. Definitely not. Yeah. And so like, I would say recognizing when I'm stressed and taking a bath or, you know, going to Yessie's and hot tubbing or something like that is really important to me. I told Joe and Yessie, I was like, truthfully, you guys, like I'm really freaking overwhelmed and I'm going to need to lean on you a bit these coming weeks until mm-hmm. Miami music week is over because I can't do everything and I need your guys' help. So, yeah. yeah. What caused you, I guess, to, I know you mentioned previously before the interview that you, you felt like you, you had some self-limiting beliefs that you didn't think that you were the type of person to be successful and own your own company. What, what kind of, I guess, helped you get past that self-limiting belief of and now believing in yourself and growing as much as you have? And like, obviously, now that the, the ball has started and you're doing so well and you've seen success now, But how did you kind of get over that hump of like this limiting beliefs in yourself? Yeah, the I mean, the imposter syndrome, really, I got over it by expressing those fears that were inside of me to someone else. And I expressed those to Yessie. I said, hey, 
I'm scared to start a business in the music industry, specifically dubstep, because I think that people are going to judge me as to why I'm starting mm -hmm. it and why I'm around. And she said, hell no, we're doing it together. I'm yeah. on board with you. Let's do it. And that literally changed my life. So I think that, and there, you know, I listen to a lot of like Lewis Howes and like Mindset Mentor. Yeah, School of Greatness. Yes. Oh my God, I listen to him every day. Yeah. Yeah. So I would just say a lot of that is that you have to verbalize your fears. Yeah. Like, yes, they're really freaking scary when you have them in your head and you're thinking about them all day and you're up all night. But you have to either write them down or tell them to people because yeah. have you, they're not going to. Have gonna... you gone to therapy? Have you done any I, I've never that? done no. therapy, actually. I just don't even know where to start with that. Yeah, I, I, I guess I have a different, a little bit of a different story when it comes to that. Because my, my parents put me in. I, I had divorced parents and had kind of a rougher childhood. So they, luckily, mm -hmm. my, my parents put me in at a younger age. So I, I started going to therapy when I was like probably seven, eight, <laughs> and like yeah. in and out. Obviously, not the whole time, but like I, I, I think that that's another important piece in talking to people or whatever. Getting someone who's not biased to your situation mm -hmm. you, you don't have a relationship or previous relationship with um to get like an outsider's perspective of like okay they, maybe they can see something a little differently or whatever so i was curious if you had ever gone to therapy do you do, you do anything else as far as like like reading or like meditating or anything like that yeah um to your point really quick just to close that yeah, yeah. i do i really do need to do therapy yeah. like i'm gonna be honest with you i need that so this this is my call to action yeah <laughs> If you have health, in, no, especially not now. Most people are like encouraging mm. each other to go to therapy. Yeah. And I encourage anyone who's listening to me right now. Definitely. If you need it, go, please go. Even if you don't need it. I've, I know some people that, you know, they'll, I, I've seen people or successful marriages, even they'll go to marriage counseling when like everything's yeah. perfectly fine. Just like monthly checkups <laughs> mm -hmm. just to keep I their health, healthy. You know? Yeah, definitely. I used to be really big into yoga and I've recently okay. picked that up this new year. So every Sunday morning, I turn it on my TV over here. I nice. turn YouTube on and I look up. It's like yoga with Adrian. She's doing I'm doing the 30 day challenge right now. Oh, yeah, cool. I'm, not, I'm not doing it every day, but I'm doing it once or twice a week. Mm -hmm. And I do that when I'm super freaking stressed and I'm like, I need to put my phone on silent in the other room and I need to just disconnecting from social media is so important or anything it, just disconnecting. <laughs> It is. And I think that we should normalize that and don't yeah. feel bad that you're not posting every freaking day because it's toxic and it eats your mind up. So, In yeah. reality, you don't really need to post that much either. Like, as long and as the algo doesn't even like that. All no, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, I hate Instagram. The algorithm. <laughs> I know it's listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the other thing like ads and stuff like like if you like people i know it's not i know it's mainly based off like keywords and stuff and google you know catches the keywords but a lot of people think like the conspiracy of like the phone's listening i, I just yeah. talked about like toasters now i'm getting a mm -hmm. bunch of ads for toasters like <laughs> it's true i think well and i think i pinpointed what it was I think it's the Facebook app has the microphone enabled. Ah, interesting. Yeah, I did a, a bunch of research a couple of years ago. I was like, why the hell am I getting ads for Clorox bleach yeah. after I was talking about Clorox bleach? <laughs> and it's that microphone thing on your uh, Facebook app. So turn so that off. Meta's listening to you and it has all of these apps, WhatsApp, Insta, mm -hmm. Facebook, Facebook Messenger. So turn yeah. it off on all of those. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> What are some tips, I guess, that you have for people who may be feeling stuck or maybe having some imposter syndrome or struggling with that? Yeah, that's that's pretty challenging, like with the imposter syndrome thing. Yeah, um, I think it comes down to like, you'll never know if you don't try. Yeah, and you just have to do it. <laughs> 
And then it also comes down to, yes, you might be a little bit uncomfortable, but that really means that you're growing, right? Like Mm -hmm. I would rather have a job where instead of being on my phone behind the counter all day, I am, you know, designing things and working with clients and like, it's kind of struggling and things like that. I just feel like you're, you should have a growth mindset, but as far as like ways to do self-care and things like that, I think you can think of self-care as seven or eight different buckets, right? So Mm -hmm. you have like physical well-being, spiritual well-being, emotional well-being, environmental well-being. You know, there's all sorts of things that go into your mental health. And it doesn't just mean like, oh, I have to go to the gym or, oh, I have to read a book. It's like, no, self-care is like eating broccoli instead of, yeah, you know, it's like eating healthy. Exactly. And like having a good roof over your head and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But really for me, you know, I was going through a really, really hard time back at the end of September And I just journaled like I didn't journal a lot, but it was like two or three or four times that month, Mm -hmm. like really like like 15 or 20 minutes each time. But I think that just helped me because I needed to get everything out of my head swirling around and onto paper in like a bulleted list. Yeah, that's just the kind of person. Have you ever have you ever like something I just did yesterday yesterday um, was I wrote a letter to myself dated 10 years from now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Have you ever done anything like writing a letter to your future self? No, that's, it's genius, but scary. <laughs> yeah. it's kind of scary. Yeah, it was a very emotional process. Like, I was, like, <clears throat> in tears yesterday doing it, because I was just like, what do I, first of all, what do I want, like, what are my goals in the next 10 years? I really listed out 10, 10 goals, and, like, also just, like, an, a letter to myself of, like, first of all, I'm proud of how far you've come, and second mm-hmm. of all, like, I, I can't even imagine what's to come in the next, between now and 10 years, so whatever that is. I hope you're, you know, I hope you're still on fire about life. I hope you're still like chasing your dreams, blah, blah, blah. Like just something as simple as that and listing out some goals for yourself is like a huge thing, I think, for imposter syndrome. It helped, it helped a lot yesterday. Absolutely. Yeah. And just like thinking of how far you've come, right? Yeah. You know, two years and being ago. Grateful. <laughs> being grateful for yeah. how far you've come. And also like just being grateful to work in an mm-hmm. industry that is about music and like at the yep. end of the day it's like these are my this is my rave fam you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. like yeah it's overwhelming as hell and I have a million things to do and projects and shit related to it now because I created that for myself but at the bottom of the day they're just ravers like yeah. they're ravers and yep. they're really relatable people and I just have to keep reminding myself like thank god I'm not selling mortgages for a living or something like that you mm-hmm. know or like thank god I'm not like dealing in like the trauma section in the ER or like yeah, that's that stuff is like stressful stressful yeah. like EDM stress is not as stressful no it's fun stress <laughs> <laughs> that's fun <laughs> relatively yeah. Yeah. yeah on the stress spectrum yeah yeah um are, are you that we don't have to get into this too much but are you like spiritual at all like do you how do you practice like spirituality yeah that's a really good question um so my grandma's Greek Orthodox my mom was raised okay. Hungarian Orthodox And I was actually not raised religious at all. So my parents didn't really do. I've only been in a church like two or three times in my life. In like for actual services, like two or three times. Um, But it does help me to talk to God sometimes, like when I'm having a really, really tough day and I lay my head down on my pillow, like I will talk to God. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be like, God, I need you to help me right now. Um, So that helps a lot. And then. As far as like spirituality, I'm a huge believer in the energy that you put out into the world is the energy that you'll receive back. Mm-hmm. And I'm like the law of attraction, basically, mm-hmm. and the law and of karma. manifesting. Yeah. Karma. You <laughs> yeah. got to treat people how you want to be treated. And I might have told you this story. Did I tell you the story about me being at Kezo's set in 2018 at EDC? I don't think so. 
You might have had, you might have, but I don't remember. So tell it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, so basically I can prove that the law of attraction and the law of manifestation is true because of this experience. Um, 2018 EDC, it was my first EDC Vegas ever traveled all the way there. It was day two, 2 AM. Kezo goes on cosmic meadow and I was like, oh my God, this is the best day of my life. I love it <laughs> so much. I was just like feeling so amazing in that moment. And like, then I continued to like, I saw him at Tomorrowland the next year. And like, I continued to like be one of his biggest fans and just like let his music, like keep me in a good mood and heal me and stuff. And then in 2021, he hit me up to work for him. Yeah, so, what the heck? <laughs> and, and I, I can tell because that moment in 2018 at Cosmic Meadow, you know how sometimes you're just like at a rave in a crowd and you're like, everything is fine right now. Like I'm where I should be. This is mm-hmm. my moment right now. Like earth is, earth has my back. Like this is where I'm supposed to be right now. I just felt yep. something really magical about that moment. I feel like that all the time at Lost Lane. So yes. <laughs> yes, it's that <laughs> yeah. same feeling. And it's just like, you really do attract, you speak things into existence and you can create your own reality in that way. Mm-hmm. It's very powerful. That's awesome. So. Yeah. Talk a little bit about, I'm actually curious how that even, how, how did you get that opportunity to work for Welcome? Yeah. Back when COVID first started and we first mm. started Dubs FBI, April 24th is Yessie's birthday. And so we were like, hey, we've been doing all these live streams because we're in a pandemic and we want to do an all female live stream for Yessie's birthday. Oh, and cool. so Yessie goes on Instagram and she finds four really amazing, talented, upcoming female DJs. One of them was Lay's. And so we basically mm. discovered her before she was like, got picked up by Kezo's manager. That's where I first saw her was through you guys. Yeah. See? Yeah. yeah. So we were like, yo, this girl is sick. Put her on our live stream, you know, spent like an hour working with her on trying to get the Zoom link mm. and the OBS <laughs> and all that. Came friends with her. And then um, a year goes by and we're like, hey, we want to interview her on our podcast and get her on a guest mix. Like we hit her up and she's like, hey, I actually just got picked up by new management. You have to ask them. So we hit up her manager and we're like, hey, we are the only women in the scene making our voices heard. Can we get Layla on a mix and an interview? Like, this is why it's important. And he was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, go for it. And (laughs) then it was so successful, the like mix and interview combo that he had his eye on us. And then two months, three months later, he reached out to me and was like, hey, would you be interested in running Kezo's label? Sweet. Perfect. Yeah, because so yeah. it was because of Dubs of FBI, really. And That's super cool. It's just crazy to think because if I was too scared to start Dubs of FBI, I would not be in this position right now. That's awesome. Yeah. Congrats again. I uh, on top that. on top of Welcome, uh, you you also work for another company called Blank Canvas, which obviously yes. you're going to be doing a bunch with them coming up in a couple of weeks in Miami Music Week. How, what was the story of that? Now that you told me the story of Welcome, how did, how did Blank Canvas, like, you got so many projects, it's wild. <laughs> right, I know. My mom is like, I cannot keep track of all your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one has a story as well. And really, it comes down to networking. So mm-hmm. one of Joe's best friends, Chris Perry, shout out Chris. Um, he's, like, big in the industry in Florida. And so I met Chris through Joe. And, you know, I, I had known him for about a year. It was about January of 2022, so about a year ago. Okay. Um, Paul Reed, the founder of Blank Canvas, posted on Facebook and was like, hey, we're looking to hire someone to do our social media leading up to Miami Music Week. Drop recommendations here. Chris Perry hits me up. Hey, um, Paul Reed, he's a big guy in the industry. I really think you would be great at this job. Like, I really, really, really want you to apply. And I was like, Chris, okay, like, whatever you say, I'll apply. Like, I don't know if I'm qualified, but sure. And then like an hour later, I get a call from Paul Reed, the founder. 
And he basically, we just chatted for a few minutes and he was just like, yeah, you, we're working together. Let's do it. Sweet. And and then it was like those two months. So February and March leading up to music week, I basically had to post like multiple times a day, doing announcements, selling tickets and then hit the ground. So what I'm doing again this year is going to all of their events that week and posting on socials and stuff like that. So got it. Got it. What do you work for them year round or is it <clears throat> pretty much just for like Miami music week? Yeah, I'm a very campaign oriented person. So I love doing like presidential campaigns, like working on campaigns. So I really only do their music week stuff. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. How, how many events do you guys have going on for Miami music week? You said, you know, all their different events. How many is that? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I think this year we're doing 25. Over Holy the shit. The 22nd through the 26th. Damn. Four days, 25 events. Dude, How's that it's even? how it's like the craziest <laughs> thing I've ever experienced, and I will say that I think Miami Music Week is probably crazier than EDC Week because I'd probably like say that. I'd agree, yeah, yeah. Have you been to Miami Music Week? I have not, but everything I've seen from it, it seems wild. It seems it's like so it's insane. like next level, yeah. And like it's cool because since I was in high school here in Lakewood, um, my friends and I used to live stream Ultra Music Festival in like 2010, uh -huh. and we would geek out over the ASOT tent, like the mega structure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, that whole like eight hour takeover of trance music. Like we would just stream that all day long. And it's so cool, like being able to for it to come full circle. I still haven't been to Ultra, but Miami Music Week, at least. Like, yeah. It's sick, you know, 10 years later. Now I'm like working in the working, industry for yeah. Miami Music Week. That's cool. What do you you haven't gone to Ultra? What? Were you just too no. wrapped up in other stuff with running events and stuff or you just didn't have time to go or you're there? <laughs> well, yeah. So they yeah. only, so they're doing like the music week events, but they don't have, really it. have a role in ultra at all. Got it. Okay. So that's kind of completely Separated. separate. Got it. And our events actually, we're doing like five or six events a day that Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, if I did go to ultra, I would just go one day for Kezo set and probably yeah. not stay the whole time. But Yeah. So no ultra yet, but I'm trying to make it happen this year. Potentially, yeah. Yeah, fingers crossed. I'd love to go. I, I know they've moved locations for a while um, to like some yeah. island or something. Yeah, wasn't it? I yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I remember there was like a fiasco of everyone having to walk back to the mainland. They did a set, I think like a year or two ago that like Colonel Sanders with KFC played main stage. Did you see that? What? No. Yeah. <laughs> how, did, how did I miss that? That's if you're watching sick. the YouTube video, I'll post it and I'll, I'll make it a part of this interview. I'll show mm -hmm. the footage. But um, was yeah, it like an ad promo thing? No, it was an actual set. Like some dude in like a what? KFC, like Colonel Sanders costume, like a head, like a mascot head and everything. Went on stage with DJing. I don't know who it was. But <laughs> Colonel <laughs> yeah, they, Sanders at Ultra Music Festival I think it was for an ad, but yeah. What? That's okay. Low key though, like that is genius sponsor placement. Oh yeah, completely. Uh, yeah. Wow. That's so cool. Okay, now <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna pop I'll... that on the TV after yeah. this. <laughs> um. Overall, what are you like most excited for? I know there's a lot of events coming up, and I know that you got a lot, a lot of work to do. But what's what's the fun part in it for you? Because I know there's a lot of stress. <laughs> Dude, yeah, the fun part, what keeps me going is like just that whole week of running around to shows and like meeting new people in the industry. And then I don't even know who half the special guests are half the time. Like last year we were at the Helldeep pool party and it was in this cool mm. resort. We were leaving the pool party. I was like, okay, Cascades, the special guests, like awesome. I'm leaving. Wait. I have another party. To go to. <laughs> I walk through the lobby and Armin Van Buren is sitting there. I'm just like, oh my God. So it's just special no guests. Way. That's you cool. literally never know who's going to show up. 
And I think it's just such a cool vibe. It's like spring break, like things are looking up. Um, being and then being able to be backstage for that and like represent the promoter who's booked mm-hmm. Armin Van Buren and who's booked Hell Deep and all of that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just really cool. It's like I, awesome. I kind of made it, you know. <laughs> like it's just I, I that had, feeling. I had a similar experience, not in Miami, obviously, but in Tahoe at a festival called Base Camp this past summer that I worked Ooh. at. Um, Slander headlined, and it was the same kind of thing. We were walking like through the lobby, and it was like the, like Derek and Scott were just standing there. I was like, "What? No way!" <laughs> You're like, "I gotta talk to them." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Fanboy for a moment. second. Uh, like, I just said, "What's up?" I, I luckily kept my cool, but and I'm used to walking up to people and talking to people who are in the industry. So I was just like, I think of people who are who I was with. They're like, "No way!" But I, I, I luckily handle myself pretty well in situations like that. So <laughs> yeah, slander yeah. even is like a fraction of the size of Armin. I was like yeah. shaking when yeah. I went up to him because he's been one of my favorite artists for over well, a decade. You now. were just saying watching the live stream and everything, and like watching him for so many years from. You know how old were you? How old, however old yeah. you were, like your whole life, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. being able to actually like meet him or see him in person, like it's such a surreal, like full circle moment. I bet <laughs> it's crazy. And that's again, it's like it's crazy what could happen when you step out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything's possible. Anything literally. Is possible. Um, um, awesome. Yeah. Well, I think we'll wrap up here because we are getting close to time. Uh, yes. But before we wrap up, do you have any more questions for me? Honestly, like, I just want to say, I think it's awesome that you're giving artists a platform. Like, you asked me what drives me. Well, I think it's just super cool to see other people in the scene using their platforms to help other artists reach their supporters. Mm -hmm. Because, like, let's be real, like, I can't interview every artist. Like, I know you can't interview every artist. So I think it's awesome that we have Mm -hmm. other community members and other tastemakers out there who are sharing their, their channels with the world and, like, helping connect artists yeah. with new supporters so I, i'm so grateful awesome. for for the i know it's not super big but for the the little niche that we we have with you know babs life with uh yes. emma capodes like all of them like shout out to all of them like all the create like our little creator niche is so cool and i, I it think really everyone is. is very very cool people so i'm, I'm thank you for yeah, i'm so grateful for you as a friend too <laughs> I know, me too. And it's so cool how you can just meet people on the internet and then mm-hmm. you'll have some of the best moments of your life with them. So Yeah. And running each other at EDC, running each other, you know, me no. going to Denver and just kind of running out, running into each other over the years has been really cool. It has. And I wish that we could have talked more at Temple. I just, I yeah. hate when I meet someone at the club and they're like yelling in my ear. I'm just yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to be that person. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I will be back for Cyclops Rock, so I don't know if you guys are around to that, but... Oh, yeah. When is that? April. End of April. 26 or something. Sheesh. Yeah, we'll be there. Okay, cool. Well, then that'll be the next time I see you. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Hit us up. We can all pregame together. Definitely. I'll be there with a couple friends, but definitely. That'd be fun. Oh, yeah. And the weather will be nice. We're actually about to start. It's going to start blizzarding here. You're probably going to get it, too. The snow was so cool because I am from Cali, so we don't really, at least in the valley and stuff, we don't, I didn't grow up with snow around me. So it was super cool just being in a city and being like, there's snow yeah. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. No. And uh, I'm going to Cali on Friday and it's supposed oh, yeah. to be like one of the coldest, wettest storms they've had in years. Mm-hmm. So wish me luck at Wasteland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That. And then also, I think it was this uh, dream state got rained out. So, so did Countdown this year, too. Ugh, the weather's been God. crazy for SoCal events. I know. I heard that they're building like a structure over the second stage where all of our artists are playing. So hopefully that holds up. Yeah. Good luck and congrats with having all three of you guys, right? Yes. Our entire hard dance roster is on it. And the commie boys who we used to work with. So shout out to them. So cool. Thank you. Awesome. Well, where can the listeners find you and support you? 
I know yes, there's a, oh a lot gosh. of places they can reach it through. <laughs> um, top three, follow us on YouTube or subscribe to us on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, and then follow us on Insta and TikTok because we have some funny more TikTok reel type things coming out soon. Excellent. Sounds good. Uh, and I'll link all that in the description, of course. Um, last final question. I, I started asking this at the end of every interview. If there's one piece of advice you can tell yourself when you first started on your entrepreneurial route, what would that be? Stop caring what other people think of you. Like, yeah. I still struggle with this. Oh, my gosh. See. Yeah, that's that's my that would be my answer, too. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, dude, most of the time, like literally ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, they're not even thinking about you. Like, they literally don't care. They haven't even thought twice about what you posted. They haven't thought twice about what you're doing, who you're with, mm -hmm. why you're doing it, what you're eating, where you are. They care about themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, they literally care about themselves and, like, their girlfriend or, like, their mom or, like, their dog or something. Yep. No one, no one's thinking about you negatively. So get yep. that shit out of your head. <laughs> that was one of, I mean, even just, I grew up, when I was growing up, I got picked on a lot. And that was a huge, like, I'm so grateful for me stepping into this world is because it really forced me to learn how to not care what other people think because yes. you can't you you can't you won't be successful you if you care what other people think about you so no yeah. have tough skin that's also part of the reason why i love having joe on the team because he's has such a like let it roll off attitude mm -hmm. like no one can hurt him so i kind of picked that up like no one can hurt us you know yep, yep. absolutely so. well thank you yeah. so much for your time today it was awesome interviewing you again dude thank you for having me seriously yeah, so fun to just like sit down and chat about all anytime. these things anytime anytime so. yeah well, hopefully you have a good rest of your day and I'll talk to you soon. Yes, thank you so much. Talk to you soon. All right, that about wraps up this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for watching. If you could, please drop us a like and subscribe if you haven't already to stay up to date on all of our new episodes. If you want to find out more information on our guests, you can find all of their information down in the description. Have a fantastic week.